being authentic is actually a really great foundation to really, really grow your company or to grow inside of companies. So I think that, you know, be yourself, find workplaces that let you be yourself and can bring your whole self to work. Welcome to Participate. I'm Mike Washburn. And I'm Dr. Julie Kane. On the podcast and on the heels of International Women's Day, we'll talk about how communities of practice level the playing field and open up doors for women to play lead roles in community development. We're also really excited to talk to Shelly Bell from Black Girl Ventures about how she's using the community of practice model to power entrepreneurship. So let's get started. So Julie, Mike, we just had an awesome chat with Shelly that was absolutely fantastic and left us, I think, with a lot of things to think about. Um, one of the really cool takeaways that I think people are going to hear, and, and you can maybe expand on this from the maybe the community of practice perspective, is this idea of using communities to disrupt. Um, you know, that's a really cool tech word that everyone uses all the time. But yeah, but I'll sure. tell you, if there, I can't think of a better example of a disruptor than Shelly Bell. And, and you know, she uses um, the community of practice model to disrupt communities it's themselves. And then she uses the communities of practice model to build back up her foundation in the way that she needs it for, for her and for her communities. Um, so that's maybe one cool thing you can touch on. And the other thing that I took away that was super fascinating to me was this idea that there doesn't need to be like this monetary ROI for every community interaction. You know, when we do things as a community, when we sponsor things as a community, when we try to do learning experiences as a community, I think we embody this idea in some ways um, where, you know, the interaction itself is the ROI, the, the learning experience itself, the idea of learning and sharing is you know what we get out of it and and i she really touched on that and i and i found that absolutely fascinating community organizing is not a new concept and the idea that you are going against very formidable power structures that really determine who gets access not only to financial capital but social capital and I think what Shelley is doing with um, Black Girl Ventures is really using the power of community to disrupt that system and realize that sheer entrepreneurship of this community. And I think I learned from her just listening to one of the talks she's given, um, you know, in prep for this interview and, and when we first met her a couple of years ago around the sheer entrepreneurship, even of the black community in the United States, how over centuries and decades of just being prevented and just having to sort of figure it out and sustain their community and not only sustain it, to thrive, mm. to drive American culture, to drive new innovation across the board, whether it's business, law, higher ed, music, arts, sports, you name it. Um, and I think that has always um, built on the power of community for support. 
um, in the face of significant barriers. And so I think she's really driving that home with Black Girl Ventures. And you can see how quickly it is spreading and mushrooming across the cities that she talks about um, in our interview. And I think the ROI is another really important thing. And I think this is why I had this whole thing about um, Shelley getting on different shows around business development in the United States. Like, what does return on investment mean? And I think everyone is thinking about this. Is this really just financial? I think the last year of COVID has brought so many things out into the open of access to health, access to housing, community investment, um, that it can't just be the bottom line. And, you know, we know about different organizations like B Corp, right? It's an international system where companies are not just measuring the bottom line anymore. Mm -hmm. How are they treating their employees? How are they treating their community? What's their carbon footprint? Um, so I think there's just this rising movement to really start to change the definition of ROI because it cannot just be profit. It's just, it costs too much. It endangers all of us really, if we do not really redefine what ROI means. And so I think Shelly does a really good job of saying, look, the ROI is just us, like investing in the community, investing in each other, being yourself, doing what makes you passionate. That's awesome. And we're, we're going to talk to Shelly about exactly how she does that when we come back. Uh, so stay tuned for our conversation with Shelly Bell. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Shelly Bell has worked as a K-12 educator, a patent examiner, spoken word artist, and a computer scientist. Her nonprofit, Black Girl Ventures Foundation, transforms entrepreneurship by reimagining the way Black and Brown women founders get access to financial and social capital. We're thrilled to have her with us now. Welcome to the Participate podcast, Shelly Bell. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, we are so excited to have you here. It's great to have you. So we just celebrated International Women's Day recently, and we're in the middle of Women's History Month. And I don't think the timing of this podcast could have been any better. You're such a, an amazing inspiration for us to participate and for women and young girls, and you dedicate your life to empowering women. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your passion for entrepreneurship came to be? Yeah, so I've always been a creator. Um, you know, I remember just always having a big imagination. I, um, I have a, a talk where I kind of enter into it with like, you know, the big imagination was always there. Like my dad, my mom and dad um, worked different shifts. So I would be home with my dad during the day when I was like before school age. And I'm just like all the things, like I'm turning everything in the house into some bigger castle, moat, hoppy horse thing. You know, like I, it's always been my thing. Um, I doing, doing poetry and I would say like engaging in art gives you the permission to create, you know? So I would say like engaging your children in art early, engaging in art as an adult, you know, it gives you the permission to create. So along the journey of like building multiple things and going from job to job, um, kind of trying to find my place, I, I guess I could say like, I, I've never been a great employee. So while I loved, you know, a lot of the work that I did in a lot of those jobs, I'm always the one getting there thinking things should change. You know, I'm not the one that's like, oh, let's just do this work. I'm like, no, you know what? We could be better if we just do, you know, and, and people are like, um, 
<laughs> you just got here. Sit down. Um, so I've always you know, been that person. When prior to building Black Girl Ventures, the, immediately prior to that, I was uh, building a print shop. And so a merchandise print shop with a T-shirt line. My mom invested her retirement. I used my tax returns to build, to buy my own machines. And so it was a lot of ingenuity there. I learned so much from that experience about how to grow a business, manufacturing, chemicals, materials, like, you know, cost of goods, like all these different things, interfacing with customers directly. And so when the news came out that black and brown women were not getting access to capital, I felt like, oh, well, I could do something about that, right? Let's just, you know, let me pull some people together and see what we can do. And the first event was a brunch in a house we all got together. We voted with marbles and coffee mugs. I ran the entire thing like a poetry slam, right? So mind you, you know, Shark Tank is hot. You know, everybody knew it and had seen it. And, you know, everybody now feels like they're super educated about <laughs> investment because of Shark Tank. And they are more educated, right? So I'm there. I'm like, okay, well, I can't, you know, f from a poetry slam perspective, it's random members of the audience that do the judging, so I let the audience ask questions. I mean, it was super simple to me. If you would have told me then that, hey, you know what? You know, four years from now, you're going to be stretched out across 12 cities and partner with Nike. I would have been like, yeah, right. <laughs> but people liked it, so we kept doing it. So imagine Shark Tank and Kickstarter mesh together, right? So women pitch, and then the audience actually donates their funding to the pitch that they favor, and then we grant back out to them. Um, so my journey to get here was a lot of, like, trying things out, pivoting, building things when people thought I was crazy. Um, I rented a teepee out in my house, and people were like, what? Nobody's going to sleep in your living room in a teepee. Uh, but Airbnb has a teepee option. So, you know, I just I always say, like, just because someone else can't see what you can see does not mean that it, that it is invisible, right? So, like, whatever your goals are, like, keep pushing for them and trying for them. We did uh, a poetry slam based off of the Hunger Games, which is a huge hit. We had over 300 people. It was amazing. But this was the kind of work that I was doing, which was knowing how to bring people together and, and put them in an audience and have other people present in front of them through poetry slams, share their art, share their stories. So if you look at where I am now with the work I do with Black Girl Ventures, it's pretty much the same thing. I'm putting people on stage to share their stories, to share what is now their art, which is their business. Shelly, let's dive in a little bit more about how you built Black Girl Ventures. It really is an American story. You founded this organization that creates access to capital for Black and Brown women, and in just a couple of years, more than $2 million has been raised, 130-plus women organizations funded, and 5,000-plus women served. That's just a huge accomplishment and a community you've built. So tell us more about that. Yeah, well, it wasn't like a, like you said, it wasn't definitely wasn't overnight, even though I think news-wise it seems that way. So when I started, it was like, okay, let's get together and do something. I had seven volunteers who went on a journey with me, honestly. They were my first kind of team. And we started with just these events, you know, get together. And I've been doing events for a year, so it's, events are seamless to me. Um, I don't know, honestly, that I realized, like, the impact I was actually having um, by just creating this thing because 
it circumvented the banks. It circumvented the venture capital space. It like it's it just really disrupted traditional funding in the way that like people were just like oh the only ways to get capital is to apply for a grant, apply for a loan, go to a venture capitalist. Mm. Like that was it. You know there was there were that was pretty much the how you got funding, and the space growing out of my so when I <laughs> when I really really leaned into Baco Ventures I got in this partnership with Google so I had a contract with Google where I was um, actually doing some community engagement things. And then I said, okay, I'm going to let my print shop slow down a bit, and I'm going to give Black Girl Ventures three months. I'm going to go hard, give it all of my attention for three months. If it does not work in three months, it got to go. Because by the time I got into 2018, because <laughs> I launched a print shop in 2015, Black Girl Ventures in 2016, spent those years, the year of 2017, piloting, by the time I got to 2018, I said, okay, this thing is doing a thing and I like it. You know, Black Revenge is doing its thing and I like it. But my print shop is my real bread and butter. And now I have this contract from Google that I'm working on, right? So, and my print shop was not my passion, you know, but I tell people, start something that you're not passionate about. That makes money. Like, it was a moneymaker, but it, I didn't wake up every day being like, ooh, I just want to print a t-shirt today. <laughs> never, okay? Throughout the entire time, I still had the print shop. Throughout that entire time, never was thinking that. Um, but it was a moneymaker. So, but I decided, Black Girl Ventures, I felt in my, like, I, I felt the, it was my mm -hmm. calling. Like, I really feel like, and, you know, people say that. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to people be like, it's my purpose. Keep believing. <laughs> and I used to be looking at TV thinking, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so dramatic. <laughs> but, um, but, no, I really do feel like, you know, I am totally living full out, you know, what I, the change I want to see in the world. So I, I created a rhythm. I had to create a rhythm. So if people are out there and you're looking for, like, well, how do you scale? How do you take it from, like, your living room or your home office to, like, across the globe? You have to create systems mm -hmm. for yourself, right, outside of the systems that be um, that tell you how you have to operate. So it was us, me creating this kind of rhythm and flow where I knew, like, okay, boom, I need this, this, and this. You do that systematically, I can plug and play this pitch competition anywhere. Literally, I could pop one up as soon as tomorrow, and I could plan one out for six months. I have the system that we created behind it, and now we have a proprietary software attached to it that allows us to be able to be, have people vote with their dollars. I, I tested it, and then I built the software for what we do. So, you know, whatever your systems are, and participate actually is a large part of our process. We train our employees on participate. Uh, we also have our accelerator program on participate and now moving our fellowship to participate as well. So it was super dope for me because we put our whole entire like training modules for you onboarding into participate. So like this developing your systems is key. Yeah, for sure. And so let's talk about, um, you know, we are thrilled that you're a partner with participate and, you know, we get to see firsthand how you're using your community um, to, to impact your foundation. And I'm curious how you've seen um, participate in your community building um, play as a factor in your growth as a, as a foundation. Talk a little bit about the connection between Black Girl Ventures and, you know, this concept of community and communities of practice and, and how participate does play a role in all of that. 
Yeah, great question. So scaling across the country with a community effort is challenging, especially mm. when you're trying to communicate the exact same things to several different people who live in different ecosystems. So like serving, you know, Houston, Texas versus serving Birmingham, Alabama, very different ecosystems. You know, Miami versus Philly, very different ecosystems, right? Mm -hmm. um, not good, bad, or indifferent, but just, you know, different, right? So... I needed something. Uh, we we search multiple platforms, by the way, too. So, like, you know, I, I just because this is a participate platform, I am not hyping up participate because of that. I am really saying that it is a solution for us because we work across so many different communities. So I think that was the key. If I was working in one community or if I were going to dump everybody into one community, you know, then uh, maybe, you know, depending on what platforms are out there. But because I was working across so many different communities and mm -hmm. I was serving so many different kind of people and I needed to group them and the delivery of the information to them in a certain way, Participate came in being key, especially with the certification abilities. So with our change agent fellowship, we were launching across five cities. We're about to launch five new cities now. But this is our pilot. And I needed to get them all trained, but I needed separate hub resources for mm. each city because they had different kinds of functionality, different people, different. So through the communities inside of um, Participate, we were able to use the courses to separate in, separate out into cities and then the extra resources area to add like the different resources that they needed per city. So the layers of Participate were key for our scale. Um, I think that is what we like. We wanted to scale. We knew we needed to manage multiple people, but we didn't exactly know how. Um, so it has been like really, really key for us to be able to uh, communicate consistent information to different kinds of people, right? Versus like everybody being in one bucket. You know, it has a now that especially with like the new functionalities around like separating people out into groups and even considering paywalls and like I'm like yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> I am team participate all the way. <laughs> awesome. Can I ask a quick follow up question here, Shelley? You have a lot of different organizations in very different cities. How do you have your groups share with one another, even if their individual contexts are very different? Yeah, I would say for Black Revengers in general, one of the ways that we do that is we have a virtual co-working every Wednesday. Nice. And that virtual co-working is we started at the onset of the pandemic. And when things started to shut down, people were looking for their people. Right. And I say that not even just being like a race or a gender, but like your people is typically people who feel like you. Right. Like, you know, just being a certain color or gender yeah. is, is not enough. Like yeah. having people whose vibe feels like yours, who's willing to share share the way that you're willing to share was key. And so we do that with our virtual co-working every Wednesday. Um, the messaging pieces on the back oh, of uh, participate, I believe, help them help them be able to find each other in the course of the during the course of the um, of the of them going through the coursework. So I think, and we use we use WhatsApp, but we for we definitely push communication, communication across the board. And you know, we're really good. I'm really good at creating containers for people who like containers where people are can get together and then get to know each other. It's like if you put people in the right 
area, they will do the work of the networking, but a lot of times underrepresented founders don't ever get to put in the right rooms. I want to find as many ideas across the world that I can and as many entrepreneurs to tell them, listen, if I can go from a teen mom to being on Section 8 to running two companies successfully, so can you. Mm. You've actually recently just started your own podcast, which uh, as someone who I, I, I host five different podcasts, so I, I was really interested in this. It's called A Dose of Disruption with Shelly Bell. Um, how has starting this podcast helped you better connect with other entrepreneurs and learn from one another? Um, have you seen a sense of community develop around the, the podcast even? You know, it's interesting because from a podcast perspective, it's hard to make people visible, right? Because, you know, like you put it out and podcasts are still evolving as a, as a medium. So like all the things you would want to see about who's listening, reading, I mean, who's listening or returning are, is not necessarily there deep, at least deep yet. Um, so I would say I could see the subscribers growing month over month. I could see people are hitting me up. Like, let's say... Um, like one time somebody hit me up like, Hey, you know, um, you didn't put the number in front of this episode. And I'm like, are you paying that much attention? You know? So like, I think, uh, <laughs> or like, Hey, yeah. you know, I think you forgot to do the, um, the, um, Shelly brief on this other one, or at least you didn't say Shelly. Like I was in the same room, like Shelly brief. And they're like, Oh, I don't think you said mm -hmm. it on the last one. And I'm like, like <laughs> people are hitting second. me up. So like, I know, you know, people are hitting me up like, Oh my gosh, that last episode, you know? So I know that people are there and watching and listening mm -hmm. and I'm very responsive. Like being responsive is everything for me. I think that's how you create community is that you are a real person and that you're actually visible. Uh, we also use our like, Instagram, like I use my Instagram to really in engage in more conversations around the podcast and the videos that we put out on YouTube. So we've been getting a lot of response and people watching and engaging and responding, which is always great for a podcast, you know, um, to actually see people like actual humans there. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of times you're you're recording, you're putting it down, and you're doing that work, and you wanted to know that it really is reaching people. And so I feel I feel excited that you know people's stories around like how they are disrupting and it's not just entrepreneurs like we have entrepreneurs we have people in corporations we have people who um who have recently left corporations and are starting their own thing um people who and we try to find like something different about their story like you know the woman who's like head of product um for venmo at paypal uh she actually she's an engineer amazing woman but, you know, she wanted to be a Laker girl at one point, you know, like <laughs> great or, you know, the uh, the guy who's head of social media for Experian. Uh, we, I called him the O.I., the original influencer, because he uh, covered one of the first uh, speeches that Obama did. But it was not a part of Experian. It was just him because he was so influential on Google Plus. Right. So. You know, it's it's been really interesting. We we interview a guy, Flame Newton, who's amazing credit expert, who actually broke the credit system and then went to prison for it, um, and then came out and wrote a book, a comprehensive Bible, basically around the American credit system and how to improve your credit, called the School of Credit. Um, what he did was he actually stole people's identities and that had bad credit. 
and then built their credit up to positive credit. It's a good credit and then mm. use their credit. Right. <laughs> and uh, the when he got finally got caught, they were like, we've never seen this before. Like the, <laughs> the FBI is like, we've literally mm-hmm. never seen this before. Mm-hmm. So his story is phenomenal. Um, and he served his time and is apologetic. And now it's like, I want to help people. So, you know, that's what I call, you know, disruptors who are, who are challenging the status quo. What I love about your director jumping in is what I call like equity enforcing. Mm. So it's one thing to say like, okay, yeah, equity, everybody should do it. And then throw some, you know, dollars at the problem or do a quick reorg or, you know, have a couple hiring efforts. But who is actually internally enforcing equity? We love to call people geniuses <laughs> when they can do things scientifically, but this is also a social emotional issue. So it's like, what is going on? We can't, This is human behavior, right? That needs to be uh, course corrected in so many different ways. I think the thing that I'm really learning from our conversation is this idea of community. And sometimes it is about like, like minds, but there can be really simplistic ways of grouping people. And it seems like you bring everybody into the mix, which I do think is kind of your art background. And we didn't even talk about your computer science background, which is really interesting. So we might have to save that for another time. But is there any other advice that you would give folks around building that community, um, particularly around bringing in these disparate voices and diverse perspectives to to do that? Yeah, I think it was Issa, Issa Rae who said, like, a lot of times when we build community, we're always looking up, like, who is uh, ahead of us. But sometimes it's just looking left or right to say who is right around us. You know, and I think I push the bounds on what community means in a lot of ways, even even with our contractors or like people who are working with us. I'm like, hey, you all need to know each other. Like you might do similar things, but you're not competing here because we're all working for this goal of creating equity in the world. And like there may be something that y'all could do together that I don't know yet. Who knows? Right. Um, And so we need to like those introductions, introducing people to other people having conversations, conversations that are not always so transactional either. You know, like sometimes it's like, hey, this is just a relationship building call. I'm trying to get to know who you are as a human, Um, you know, and being authentic. And being authentic, being authentic has been threatened by corporate America. And the idea that you have to, that authenticity is a little bit too outside of the box and it's a little bit too you know, uh, mushy and it's a little bit too, you know, but it is actually a really great foundation for being the best employee or executing in a way that makes sense to really, really grow your company or to grow inside of companies. So I think that, you know, be yourself in any, uh, in all ways that you can be yourself, find workplaces that let you be yourself and can bring your host off to work. It's amazing. Shelly, where can people go to learn more about Black Girl Ventures? Where can they go to learn more about you? Yeah, the name of the podcast is A Dose of Disruption. And they can uh, they can find me at IamShellyBell.com. I-A-M-S-H-E-L-L-Y-B-E-L-L.com. IamShellyBell.com. Um, to find out more about Black Girl Ventures, you can go to BlackGirlVentures.org. And on Instagram is at BlackGirlVentures. On um, Twitter is at B Girl Ventures. And for me, everywhere, I am Shelly Bell. Shelly Bell, thanks for joining us on the podcast. So awesome.
It was great to chat with you. Thank you for having me. This is great. Thanks for listening to Participate. My name is Dr. Julie Kane. My co-host is Mike Washburn, and we don't do this podcast alone. The Participate podcast team includes production by Jane Violet and Becky Latoff, with editing and music by Aaron Kane. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at participate.com. You can tweet us at Participate. Mike can be found on Twitter at Mr. Washburn, and I can be found on Twitter at Julie Kane. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or in Google Podcasts. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. Thanks as always for listening. Until next time.